Welcome to the third installment of the hashtag Carousel of Christmas Chronicles. Yeah, buddy. So, what have we done since our last episode? We went to Tinseltown. Tinseltown, Tinseltown, Tinsel, Tinsel, Tinseltown. It was very tinselly. Actually, there was no tinsel anywhere. Oh my god, you're right. I, th- I thought, yeah, it was pretty cool. There's a video I'm going to post on our socials. Of Tinseltown, of our trip there, so check it out. And it's a very uh, short minute, one long minute video. Yeah. One minute video. Um, I do have to say, we, yeah, we're in the thick of it here. We're, you know, yep. into the thick of it. I knew you were gonna do that. Into the thick of it. Yeah, well, Christmas is in five days, and it doesn't feel like it. Oh, <laughs> it does when you're out shopping. Yeah, that's the only issue that I have. It's crazy out there. You know it. I know it. We all know it. It's almost over. Christmas is this weekend. And I think it's going to sneak up on a lot of people. That's why we did a lot of rapping this weekend and getting ready. We're going to get Well, some... we actually don't have a lot of rapping. We don't because both our families are doing Pollyanna, which they started last year. But we have a couple other things to rap. And we're going to make some things. We're gonna make some things. We're gonna. I'm gonna make. We've been making cupcakes the last couple years. We made a Grinch cupcake, a couple two years ago, and then last year we made this really cool reindeer cupcake, which I guess I could share those as well. The Grinch cupcake, pretty funny. Nailed it. I did not do a great job, but hey, it was so funny. <laughs> it was very good. I, I'll never forget the laughs of my our families, especially your your, your side. Laughed pretty hard. <laughs> it's great, but. Yeah, the only other thing we got coming up besides obviously Christmas is on Christmas Eve, I have a super secret day planned for Brittany. You know, I told her to be he ready said, when I, I get home. I have a half day of work, and when I come home, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where I like to be at home. So, so it makes me a little you, nervous. You got to dress Christmassy. What the fuck? Come on. I was not told this. I'm what does that mean? It's implied. Come on. What does that mean? Just wear your normal stuff and wear like antlers or something or a hat. I don't know. You don't think it's going to be Christmassy? They're going Christmas Eve? You dress for the season. I have shirts lined up for each day of the week for work. Christmas shirts. You are such a nerd. I'm not a nerd. All right, can we just do like let's do We this. have not done anything. Okay. So let's start it off with our first movie of the night. I think Britney loves this movie the most on the wheel. It's from 2005. Bill Goldberg in Santa's Sleigh. Jeez. Santa's on the loose! This holiday season, lock your doors, bolt the windows. Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. Block the chimney. Cause naughty or nice, Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa's sleigh. I hate children. Okay, Brett. Matt. So, what did you think of Santa's sleigh? It was oh so great. <laughs> so, first off. It's spelled sleigh, not like the physical sleigh, more like the killing type sleigh, S-L-A-Y. It's a horror movie, 
and it stars the one, the only Goldberg of WCW and WWE fame. He's a professional wrestler, and he's also Jewish. So it's pretty funny that this humongous Jewish person is playing Santa Claus and hurting people and maiming people. Well, he's evil, Santa. He's if he is evil. Did you know that if you rearrange the letters of Santa, you get Satan? Well, let me tell you, you wouldn't have known if you didn't watch this movie. So you did learn something. I did learn one thing. What was nuts about the whole thing is how the movie started. It's a Christmas dinner, and the mom is Fran Drescher. The dad is James Kahn of Elf fame for other Christmas movies, but he's been in so many others, like Godfather. Chris Kattan from SNL. And then, like, some other random kid, and I don't know. But, yeah, Santa, like, bursts through the chimney starts killing people. And he makes James Kahn, like, legendary actor, choke on, like, a turkey, a turkey like. And once that happened, I'm like, oh, my God, what is this movie? And I know she was looking at me, and I, I knew I was being judged. But guess what? It was amazing. Amazingly bad. Not the word I would use to describe the movie, but sure, to each its own. I've never seen this before, which I'm pretty sure you're shocked about, right? This is right up your alley. Yeah. We're not diving deep into the plot here. I'm you really sure you don't need to out. dive deep into the plot. There is, isn't much to much depth there. We do meet um, two teenagers that the movie's based around, and one of them is Claire from Lost, which was pretty, pretty cool. The other guy I did not recognize. I didn't recognize him either, no. Yeah. They are trying to stop the evil Santa. There is apparently... <laughs> God, I can't even. <laughs> I can't even get into this. <laughs> a thousand years ago, evil Santa was defeated in a game of my favorite winter sport. Curling. Yes. He was defeated in a game of curling. Thus... He has to be the real Santa for the next thousand years, meaning he has to deliver gifts and be jolly. Ho, ho, ho. Well, that thousand years has been depleted. It is up. So now he's back to being evil. He's back to killing everybody with everything in sight. Christmas presents, icicles, reindeer, even though it's not a reindeer, which is some sort of, what was that? I don't know. I don't know. But I I was I enjoyed it very much to the point where I'll, I'm tr- I'm going to try to figure out how I own this. Please no. <laughs> no. no, it was a lot of fun, and I, I it do, was not a lot of fun. I do have to say, uh, I did turn to Brent. I said, "Listen, regardless of what you think about the movie, you got to admit that his Santa costume was really cool." Yeah, he had a pretty cool costume. That yeah. was one positive. Yeah, that's that like Santa belt buckle, and then that really weird like royal crown hat that reminded me of like the Santas from like of lore back in the day which is the whole point I guess but yeah I thought that was awesome if I saw Bill Goldberg coming at me like that I'd be running too he's a scary dude so you you would rewatch that every year for Christmas time or Hanukkah or either I have nothing more to say I was gonna say I'm pretty sure your microphone's working you're just not using it at the time I think we need to move on. Okay. We shall move on. And let's move on to our second movie, which hopefully a lot of you that are listening 
have seen this before. I've watched it several times. It's Bill Murray, 1988, Scrooged. Frank Cross is a man of true vanity, whose specialty is inhumanity. He's fired? It's Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. Then he saw three real ghosts. Now what scares him the most? Ghost of Christmas Crazy. There's a chance that he's losing his sanity. Oh, I'm having the weirdest day. Bill Murray, Scrooge, rated PG-13. So, this was actually your pick, Britt. It was my pick. I was very excited. I know you were excited. Um, Again, this was on the list of best Christmas movies of all time. Very Christmassy, so... That checks that box, right? Because it's it's a it's like a reimagining or retelling of a Christmas Carol. Yes, current time, and I do think the concept is very clever. Yes, Frank Cross, he's a TV executive for I forget the name of the channel, um, but he's very ruthless and mean, and he's just not a likable person whatsoever. Which is funny because. Bill Murray usually is the most likable person in every movie he's in. Well, not this movie. No. He's a real Scrooge. Yes, he is. It's just that they're in the middle in this in this TV station, in the middle of filming a reimagining, retelling of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Right. So it's a movie within a movie. Yes. Which is really cool. And then... The same type thing happens where he sees the three ghosts. He gets, you know, transported back to when he was a child and when he first met his one love of his life. And it gets serious at times. It gets sad at times. It gets funny. Definitely funny at times. There's a lot of good off-the-wall Bill Murray, you know, things that I don't think were in a script at all. The effects are great. Danny Elfman did the music, which I didn't want to say until we recorded this. And you can obviously tell the beginning that oh, the piano and it's just so good. Fast forward a little bit. Frank's starting to see these ghosts everywhere. And a lot of stuff he starts, he's having visions of are happening in real day and people don't see what he's seeing, especially the guy on fire in the restaurant and he throws a bucket of water on him and everybody thinks he's losing his mind, which, I mean, he is. And then he, after he comes back from being flashback to um, when he was younger, he was able to reach out and talk to Claire, who was the one that got away, and she is not with anybody either. And did you know that she was in Indiana Jones? Yes, I did. Yep. Okay, fun fact. Fun fact. And that old him starts coming out a little bit because he has that familiarity with Claire being around. And then he starts realizing, not because of the ghost, but also her, that maybe he shouldn't be the Scrooge of this story. And then we get near the end, which I think is the best part. Bobcat Goldwaite, who he fired in the beginning of the movie, comes in with a shotgun and starts shooting the place around and everything. And he's trying to kill Bill Murray because like, he fired him and cost him money and family and all that. This is as they're filming live the Christmas Carol special. When all this is going down, Bill Murray interrupts the live broadcast to the horror of the main uh, owner of the company. And he realizes the error of his ways that the three ghosts showed him. 
and that on Christmas especially, everybody deserves to be happy and with loved ones. And then he ends up with Claire and ends the movie by getting everybody in the theater, meaning whoever's watching it, to sing that famous song at the end. So Bill Murray starts singing Put a Little Love in Your Heart with the actors on the stage, and then he starts getting the audience into it, the people watching, which was very Ferris Bueller, and I loved it. And something really random that he said, going back to one of our previous episodes, he says right before, he's like, feed me, Steve Moore. No no idea why, but again, it's Bill Murray, so why not? But he's a very captivating person. He's, He's very interesting, and that's why I think this movie was so enjoyable. Why are you pointing up? Because your volume needs to increase. Oh, okay. Sure. Thank you. I, <laughs> I thought you were trying to tell me to wrap up. But yeah, Bill Murray's he's a very captivating actor, first of all. Second of all, he's just very easy and easable. What? Easable? I don't know. What are you saying? We talked about Scrooge. Go watch it if you haven't seen yes, it. Yes, please. It's a classic from 1988. That's a good year. It is a very good year. We just now we're realizing that really great movies come out in 1988, right? Yeah. Moving on. So let's go to our third movie. Available on Netflix and a Netflix original, Love Hard. I'm going to fly to New York for the holidays. I'm going to surprise Josh, and I'm going to get my happy ending. As of this moment right now, my disaster dating days are over. Natalie? This is a Christmas miracle. Uh Look, look, I I can explain. I don't understand. We talked. I made sure. The photo. It had my name on it. I'm pretty good at Photoshop. If I've learned anything is that love doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be honest. And we're back. Do you get the title? Do you understand the title? No, I don't understand the title. I understand the title. Go ahead. Well, I think it it would give it away. Brittany just described me what the the title meant, and I cut it out because I don't want to spoil it. But now this movie gets a point five bump for me. I know, right? Oh my it's god! A clever title. Did you just think of that? I realized it when they were talking about their favorite movies. Okay. Their favorite Christmas movies. Yeah. It is a Christmas movie. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It's what she thinks is her favorite Christmas movie, and what he thinks is his favorite. It, well, what he knows is his favorite Christmas movie. Sure. Right. Uh, okay. So, again, like previous new movies, we're not going to spoil the whole thing. We'll talk a little bit about it and leave it up to the viewer to check it out. Or we can tell you just to completely skip it, but I can already say I don't think that's the case for this one. No, I liked this one. This was enjoyable. Uh, yeah. I mean, it. We kind of knew what, what it was going to happen. You don't, yeah. I, 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 really, I really like the main two actors. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang, which he was on a show I watched called Silicon Valley, and I watched his stand-ups before, and he's he's pretty funny. I don't know this person. And obviously, uh, Nina, I forget Debrave. her last name. Debriv. from Vampire Diaries. I don't know if I said her name And Degrassi, Next Generation. So it's been a while since I've seen her in anything. Yeah. Like, really, it's been a long time. So, I mean, I just, like, binge-watched... Vampire Diaries. What was that like last summer or yeah, something? Yeah, last summer. Yes. Yeah, oh, so I remember. To see her in this, she has aged. Yeah, gracefully. She looks, right. Looks yeah. Fine. 
Right. But to see her like older and acting in a different role was yeah. a little bit weird. It was it was nice. She was involved with, you know, Stefan and Damon. I appreciated that. I would rather be involved with Damon. I well, I, I understand. I hey. think most that's why his VIP is more money than oh. than Stefan. Why anyways. <laughs> so I'll just go off with what probably was in the trailer and then what it is that uh, she can't find love. Everybody she knows is getting married and having kids and living life. And she's just stuck on L.A. trash. She lives in Los Angeles. She's on this dating app and she's not finding anything that she likes. They show a montage of her on several dates and how it doesn't work out. Or there's a marriage being broken up or whatnot. It's actually helped her career because she's a writer and she's written about all of her like disaster dates. So like her boss is like loving the fact that she keeps going on these like awful dates because she's writing about them. And I guess people love reading about it. Yeah. So the worse her romantic life is, the better her job is. So she finds this perfect guy and she spends time talking to that perfect guy. So much that she wants to travel to him on Christmas or the days leading up to Christmas. He lives in New York. Yeah, so she's going literally across the entire United States to visit this man in time for the holidays. And she gets there. And that's where I'll stop explaining the film. Yes. We'll leave it at that. But there's... A lot Shenanigans of, ensue. Yes, there's a lot of good little jokes. There's a lot of, okay, big jokes. A couple of things that, you know, okay, whatever. But there was quite a few moments, especially in the last about 40 so minutes, that I really enjoyed a lot, which would make me actually want to watch it again. Uh, you know, maybe next year, right? So, yeah, Netflix hasn't done this for me in a while where uh, one of their original movies I thought had replay value, you know? And, like, I'd much rather watch this than Princess Switch or any other stuff. So. Or Santa's Sleigh. Listen, Santa's Sleigh will be a staple in this house. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> I do have to say one thing before we move on to the next movie. Well, probably a couple things. But at one point, a light-up baby Jesus was used as a weapon in Love Hard. Yes. So, again, it's enjoyable. I liked all the characters. It, you know, it was fun. So, I definitely recommend watching this as a newer movie. 100%. Yeah, I mean, um, if you have any experience with Hallmark or Lifetime movies, this is kind of in the ballpark area with uh, the rom-coms. Yeah. And once you start watching it, you kind of figure out what's going to happen, but it's kind of fun seeing them get to that point. Right. I, I It reminded me of Hallmark mixed with that movie Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. I was thinking that movie. It has the same vibe, like it, like down to like the decorating and the parents and, and everything. Oh, my God. You've got to watch Just Friends again. I swear... From the moon and the stars in the sky. <laughs> Our next movie on the Carousel of Christmas is... 8-Bit Christmas. Every kid has that one gift they want more than anything for Christmas. This is the story of mine. 
Nintendo. A maze of rubber wiring and electronic intelligence so advanced it was deemed not a video game, but an 8-bit entertainment system. No Nintendo in my house. I second that. Looks like a no-go on Nintendo. I needed a Christmas miracle. Me and my friends would do anything just to play one. We're gonna get in so much trouble. Sometimes during Christmas, just when you think that all hope is lost, something magical happens. And we're back. So this is a brand new movie from this year. And it is starring the one, the only MPH himself, Neil Patrick Harris. Brittany. Matt. You knew nothing about this movie, right? When would I have known about it? <laughs> True. I didn't know anything about it either. Uh, I just was like, oh, it's a new movie. It was supposed to come out in theaters. Let's check it out. And I thought, from what I saw, it was going to be really stupid. And boy, was I pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Neil Patrick Harris is talking to his daughter. They're hanging out, right? They're chilling. They're playing Nintendo. And he's telling her this story of how he got this Nintendo. So it goes back to his childhood, right? Back in the 80s, right? Correct. And then it goes, like, back and forth between, like, what happened in the story as, like, what happened in the past. And then back to the present day with him and his daughter, chilling hanging out right and it serves a life lesson it really does i didn't think i was gonna enjoy this movie as much as i did and i see future viewings in my future oh future viewings in your future yes lots of futures lots of futures but again like the new movies we've discussed on previous episodes I don't want to give away too much because I knew nothing about it and I was pleasantly surprised I feel like what I said is was, enough was yeah it's enough and it tugs at your heartstrings it's yes. funny a lot of nostalgia of course if you're a Nintendo kid like yes. me you're probably gonna enjoy it I was also a Nintendo kid if you're in nostalgia and you're in for a good Christmas tale just go watch it it's on HBO Max. I'm sure it'll be on other digital platforms soon. I really do want to watch it next year. Okay, great. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Like, make it short and sweet. Our next film is from the year 2001. I was right there at, like, my starting of my cutoff years. Say it's yeah, a rom-com. It's a rom-com. So, rom-com starring John Cusack, Kate Beckinsale, Serendipity. Maybe you should give me your phone number. On October 5th... Fate's telling us to back off. You don't have the most incredible night of your life with a perfect stranger and then leave it all to chance, do you? No name. I gotta find this girl before I get married. No address. I'm thinking about this mystery guy I met a million and a half hours ago. Just fate. Once in your lifetime, someone comes along whom you're meant to be with. For my friend, that person was me. Serendipity. Rated PG-13. In theaters everywhere, Friday, October 5th. You know, I feel like we were brought to this movie, you know, for a reason. Yes, everything happens for a reason. Yes. And that is the main focus behind this movie. Yes. Fate, soulmates, the universe putting two people together. Cashmere gloves. Cashmere gloves that we go for at the same time. 
So then we each have a glove. And $5 bills with names and phone numbers. Books. Love in the Time numbers. of Cholera, first edition, hardcover, book jacket, name, number. You remembered the book. That's very impressive. Well, I mean, actually, for you, it's not impressive. You know your books. Well, they showed it like 5,000 times. They did, because he was searching each bookstore to find the book. So, Ice skating. Yes, and then snow. was it rollerblading later on? It looks like they switched it over. What do you mean rollerblading? I, it looks like they were rollerblading. On ice? No, they like switched it from ice to like blacktop or something. What movie were you watching? I was watching Serendipity. Then you were not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like this is... Eugene Levy. Yes, Eugene Levy was so great. Uh, don't, Molly don't, don't Shannon. Come, don't come behind the line. That other guy. That other guy. His best friend. What's his yeah. name? Yeah. Um, Is he from like Entourage or Entourage, something? Entourage, yeah. Ari Gold, a.k.a. Jeremy Piven. Jeremy there Piven. There it is. Love, or love early 2000s Jeremy Piven. Um, he made some poor life choices as well. Seems to be a theme lately. But anyways, yeah. All those things and more. Serendipity is one of those movies that... I just feel like it's constantly on TV, and I've never watched it fully. Britt has. I don't know. We don't have TV. No, I just mean like back in the day, it just always seemed to be on like TBS or TNT. I don't know. It's a good movie. It is a really good movie. And I... And that's my girl, so watch out. That is, yeah. I was going to ask my guy. But I mean, I like John Cusack, but... That is not your guy. Nah. He doesn't seem to dress up in movies, though. He's just kind of like, he pulls like the Adam Sandler. He just wears whatever. But yeah, they're both supposed to be getting married. And then let's, I do want to talk about, was his name Lars? Yes, it was. That was really weird. That yes. almost took me out of the movie a little bit. No, it's supposed to be weird. Yeah, but I was just like, what it's the hell? It's supposed to be hell? funny weird. I wasn't laughing at that. No, I don't mean like, haha. I just mean funny. I don't mean haha <laughs> funny. I just mean funny. Like, oh, that's that's weird and funny. So he's, he's like kind of like a Kenny G slash. Right, but he was playing like an oboe kind of thing. Yeah. It's not called an oboe. It's called something else. Uh, not, not a, not a, they a do sitar. Like, he does like weird music videos. Yeah. And like, I was like, uh, whatever. But right, we know obviously she's not going to end up with him. It's obvious they're going to end up together in the beginning, but the journey of it. I was sitting there. You could ask Britt when they both decided to go into that hotel and they're like, listen, if we pick the same floor, it's meant to be. It's and meant to be right now. Right now. Universe. Like right here. Right now. Yeah. And they both get on separate elevators and both hit the number 23. Kate Beckinsale gets to the 23rd floor. But people keep coming on to John Cusack's elevator, including a devil child, a literally literal, literal devil child. He's and a child dressed up as a devil. Messing up all the numbers and stuff. And I was like, come on. You He's pushing all the it. buttons. And then we were watching John Cusack's elevator like open onto all these different floors. He's checking to see if she's there. All the people on the elevator are now <laughs> invested. They're all looking for her. Which is great because they, they obviously didn't show them him like explaining what happened 
to yeah. these other well, people. They but ended up just missing each other within seconds. Yeah. So this was this was after the five dollar bill has been brought into the universe. So sh- she wrote her no, he wrote his name and his phone number on a five dollar bill, and she randomly gave it to like this newspaper stand so she said you know if she found it again in the universe then it was meant to be and like we mentioned before with this book that she had she had a first edition love in the time of cholera book and she wrote her name and her number on the inside and she said she was gonna sell it to a random bookstore and if he found it then it was meant to be right so then, a couple, a few years passed. They never say how many. They just say a few years. And John Cusack's character is about to get married, and Kate Beckinsale's character just gets engaged, and they're also planning a wedding. And on uh, not the day of the wedding, but a couple of days before rehearsal dinner time, so maybe two, three days before, all John Cusack's character keeps hearing the name Sarah, Kate Beckinsale's character. And he's like, it's a sign, it's a sign. And Jeremy Piven, this is why I think as good as the chemistry is between the two main actors, Jeremy Piven kind of makes the movie because like he thinks his friend's being ridiculous, but then he's like, you know what? If you really want to find this girl, I will go to all ends to help you. And he doesn't give up and he helps his friend as much as possible. But they go all over the place trying to find this book. And they go all, even to when we meet Eugene Levy, Yes, because he, John Cusack's character, sorry for interrupting, uh, John Cusack's character found the receipt of the glove that he's kept all this time. And on the receipt is the account number. Right. And that's her account number for whatever store. Yeah. So he goes to the store. That's where he meets Eugene Levy. He's working there. He's like, hey, look up this account for me. And, And then, you know, he... He bribes him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, at first he bribes him with $20. And then he's like, well, I didn't make my sales goal this month. And he's like, well, well, how much do I have to buy? And it was like $700 worth and a purple suit to match the purple tie, (laughs) which is great. Yeah. Anyway, John Cusack ends up finding the account after going to great lengths, finds the address, flies... To L.A. Yeah. I think that's where she's from. I know. And thinks that he sees her with someone. Shacking up. Right. It's not her. They end up flying back to New York where she's been because she's looking for him. Right. And this entire time they just keep missing each other. And then finally, I'm not going to say Johnny Cusack gave up. But he just kind of was like, I did what I could do. He broke off his like. He broke off the wedding. Uh, not broke off the wedding. He called off the wedding with still not having any evidence that he was going to find her because he felt like it was not the right thing to do. Yeah. And he sits there in the middle of the ice skating rink where they were years ago. And then all of a sudden, from the distance, we see a glove falling down to match the other glove that he had in his hand. And then back beyond the trees, we see... Underworld star Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> what? That was a very dramatic version of what actually happened. Yeah, she was just kind of there. She's like, oh, hey. She just kind of showed up because she had left her coat there. Yeah. Because she was also there looking at the ice skating rink earlier. Oh, wait. That's right. The she big moment. She found the $5 bill. Yeah, we didn't say that. We didn't say that. So 
John Cusack's giving up, Kate Beckinsale's giving up. We don't think our two main characters, our Romeo and Juliet of the movie, are going to get together. And then when Kate Beckinsale buys a headset to listen to whatever she wants to listen to on the plane, she realizes that the $5 that was in her best friend Molly Shannon's proto bag, not Prada bag, ended up being the $5 bill that had her... Her phone number on it. No, his, his phone number on it in pink Sharpie or whatever. And realized it was signed. She rushed it off the plane, which I'm not sure if you can do that nowadays. I don't know. She just got off, took the $5 and ran. Yeah, she took the $5 and ran and she didn't return the headset. And that's where they meet and reconcile on the ice skating well, rink. Th- no, because then she like finds his address or whatever. Finds out he's getting married, goes <sighs> to where they're getting that's married. Right. And she feels like... She she walked in. She's like, oh, my gosh, is it over? And they're like, yeah, the, it's over. So she starts getting upset. Like, oh, my gosh, I just missed him. He already yeah. got married. And then she finds out he had called off the wedding. And then she knows that's it. They're like they're going they're meant to be together. And they still haven't seen each other yet. Right. And it's then, insane. like, then, later is the. Yeah. I, I was there for the whole movie. I paid attention to the whole thing. It was a fun ride. Oh, and how about his his fiance? Gives him a groom's gift, and it's the book. Right. The book that he's been looking for. The book that he's been searching every bookstore like, in New York to find. To me, if that's not a sign, right. I don't know what is. Right. That's what made him call off the wedding, I think, because that was like, hello. Anyway. So they end up together. Serendipity, which is also the name of the place of the store or coffee shop. Yeah, but I, then I think it's not there anymore. Right. But, yeah, so it was... Anyway. Yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I never saw it, and I had a good time. All right. On to our last film of the episode. We watched the original, a black and white movie. Cary Grant, 1947, The Bishop's Wife. You don't understand. We still have to make the trailer. Well, I'm sure you wouldn't want to stop us from telling people about a great picture like The Bishop's Wife. Have you seen it? Well, no, not exactly, but... Then how do you know it's great? Well, we we had a lot of fun making it, and that's always a very good sign. Well, look, maybe so, but I'm new here. I don't know you folks, unless you've got a passion. I'm David Niven, and I play The Bishop. And I'm Loretta Young, and I play The Bishop's Wife. And I'm Cary Grant. I play... Uh, ah. Oh, that's right. Now, wait a minute. <clears throat> What's the matter? Nobody's supposed to know what part I play until they see the picture. Then what do you need of the trailer? I've got an idea. What? what? The Bishop's wife is different. Let's keep it that way. Let's have no trailer. Oh, David, a picture without a trailer? No, that's it. Why take all the wonderful surprises out of it before people see it? All right, so, no trailer. No, no trailer. trailer. <laughs> wait a minute. Goodbye. Brittany, this was your pick. This was my pick. So what was your inspiration behind this pick? Well, I told you the article. Ah, uh, yes, the article you've mentioned a few. Yes, and when I saw The Bishop's Wife on the article, I remembered your dad, and your dad has multiple times mentioned if we watched the movie. You watched The Bishop's Wife yet? Did you watch The Bishop's Wife? Oh, The Bishop's Wife. Have you watched it? There's a movie called The Bishop's Wife. You (laughs) just check it out. So, yes, we finally watched The Bishop's Wife. And what we didn't know until after we watched The Preacher's Wife was The Bishop's Wife is the original, and The Preacher's Wife is a remake. Which or reimagine would have been helpful to watch in the correct order. Yes, I agree because it was a little tough to watch because we already kind of knew what was going down. I mean, Dudley did pretty much straight straight out say in the first like twenty minutes of film, like, "Hey, I'm an angel." Yeah, got he's you. Like, 
I'm here. Yeah. I'm and, here, Mr. Bishop. Yeah. And Bishop's wife. And Bishop's wife, Julie. Yeah. But I don't, and then Preacher's wife, I don't think he comes out and says that. Maybe, he, like. I think he does. But not the, that early. The preacher. Not that early. Though. I don't remember. He's like, I'm here to help you. But he doesn't say, like, hey, I'm an angel from heaven. I don't know. I think he might have. Yeah, maybe he did. But, um, yeah, Cary Grant is in this. I think this is not the earliest film we watched. We watched Holiday, in, which was 1942. So we're right there in the middle. Um, we got the 40s and the 50s. So, I mean, very minimal cast. There wasn't a lot. We have Little Debbie. She's in there, which I'm wondering, does that mean is Little Debbie's based off this movie? So, yeah, basic, same basic plot. Um, they're having troubles with the church. Um, they're trying to figure it out. There is a head um, person in charge of renovations of the church, and she wants to go one way, and the bishop wants to go another way, and there's disagreements, and um, yeah. And all Dudley wants to do is try to help any way he can. He saved several lives in the movie. He saved a baby within the first two minutes. And then he said, move along. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, baby, right, move along now. A baby carriage went away. And almost got hit by a car, and he, yeah, he saved it. The woman was thanking him. He's like, "All right, you can move along." Actually, I something that's been bothering me since nineteen eighty nine. Now I know how the stroller was moving by itself in Ghostbusters too. It's Dudley from Bishop's Wife. Exactly. Okay, so now it all makes sense. It's hashtag connected. Yeah, I really don't feel like we need to talk about the plot because we We already already went over the preacher's wife. And that's the basic plot. The only differences are it's a a bishop, not a preacher. Whatever the difference of that is, I don't know. Right. Um, Were both of them named Dudley? Yes. Yep. Both named Dudley. And of course, there wasn't as much singing. Uh, as it was in Preacher's Wife, because it's not Whitney Houston. Right. So there I was actually, it. there was no singing except the, the choir. One, the choir where the boys return, and they're older now. So, that was pretty cool, that they all came back and did that. So and Little Debbie is um, the bishop and bishop's wife's daughter. Right. So, in the Preacher's Wife, they had a son. Mm-hmm. So, now they have a daughter. Yeah. So, a couple changes. Um, I think both movies were good. So, of course, I'm going to have more bias towards the newer one because I love Denzel and Whitney. So. Right. It's just more modern and. I wonder if we'll see not a newer as boring. one. I, I, I could see them doing like one with like Tyler Perry or something. Or like Jennifer Hudson. Oh, she's like in be all good. like the. The musical biopic movies, you know? Jennifer Hudson would be good casting. Jennifer Hudson, who would play the. No, the bishop or the preacher. I don't know. Um, um, the guy from This Is Us, Randall. Brittany, that's really good. I, I was either going to say Just him. Just call Netflix now. Or um, the guy that played Candyman. In the oh, new he's one. good too. Yeah. Maybe he could be the preacher and Right, and the other Randall one could be Dudley. Could be, yeah, Dudley. Or the other way. I think it's the other way around. The other yeah. Way around. yeah. <laughs> Randall's more no, of a preacher. Yeah, yeah. Randall would Randall's be like, more of a preacher. Yeah. He would yeah. Be but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's it. So we're done with that. So we're now going to go on to the ratings really quick of these six movies. You didn't send them to yeah, me. Yeah, I was about to send them to you. 
So let's get to these ratings. So our first movie we discussed tonight from 2005, Bill Goldberg and Santa's Sleigh. You can watch it on Peacock. It is rated R because it's horror and violent. And it is at a strong 43%. That's way too high. Now, that is the audience score because there wasn't any tomato meter score. Meaning it's just like the movie was like a direct-to-DVD type of type of movie. I know you're shocked by that. But yeah, just completely. Yeah, 43%. I think that's, that's low. We got to get that up higher. All right. Next movie we talked about was from 1988, Goodyear. The one, <laughs> the only, Bill Murray in... Scrooged. You can watch that on Pluto TV. It is rated PG-13. And the Rotten Tomato score, 69%. That's a great score. Sure is. And a great movie. Okay, moving on to Love Hard, Netflix uh, Christmas movie from this year, 2021. And I did two scores here. So the Rotten Tomato score is 54%, but the audience score is 93%. Wow, wow. That's a big difference. So I usually don't talk about both, but I thought this one needed to be mentioned. 93%. That's huge. Similar to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like, I just think this movie serviced well. It was funny. It was clever. It had some good stuff in it I hadn't seen before. It was good acting. So, like, what else do you want? I don't know. Great title. Yes. Great title. All right. Up next, we have Neil Patrick Harris, who stars in the movie 8-Bit Christmas. From this year, you can watch that on HBO Max. It is rated PG and at a whopping 81%. Yes. I very much agree with 81%. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. It was just a good story. Yeah, it was. And uh, it was very original. Like, I liked it. Right. It, it almost left me dissatisfied because I was like, are they ever going to get to what we want to know? Right. Because they kept right? getting close and yeah, then like, and then, oh, let's talk about something else. Right. But right. they did it for a reason and yep. it, it was worth it in the end. Okay. So we have Serendipity from 2001. This is available on Paramount Plus, rated PG-13. And this is a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I think, yeah, it's predictable, but like that's the whole point of the movie. It's called serendipity. You think they're not going to end up together? It's the whole point of the movie. So what are you expecting? Yeah, the point is to watch how they get to that point. Exactly. Again, it's about the journey, not the destination. How many times? Right, and last but not least, we have Cary Grant starring in The Bishop's Wife from 1947, black and white classic. You can actually watch that on YouTube. For free. For free, and that is at 84%. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a lot. A little bit of a nostalgia bump again, but we got to look at it this way. Like, it was an original idea back then. Well, based on the book, actually. So those are our ratings. I'll just talk about this really quick. So, obviously, this is our last episode before Christmas. And our fourth and final hashtag carousel Christmas episode will discuss the last six movies and a little bit how our Christmas went. I thought that would be cool. All right. Sounds great. I finally posted our decorations on our socials of out front decor. Going to post the bathroom soon and Tinseltown for everybody. We're going to bump up at the Great Brits TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of socials, we're going to get out of here. So, right. all of our things is at Save by the Cred. Like us on Facebook. 
Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Go back and watch all of our other episodes. And we'll see you. Wait, 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 wait. From our family to yours, have a wonderful holiday. Have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Have a great time with your families. And we'll see you at the movies. And we'll see you at the In our living room. In our living room. And it's cold. And our heat's working kind of. Bye. Oh, together.